0: Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. That's right, live from Sherwood Forest. It's the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler, but I'm not alone. That's Autumn Fisher right there. Hello. Right in the middle, you're looking at. What's going on, that Jared? Would be Jared Yama- Yamamoto and our friend English Nick over here. Cheers a full show for you hour one begins now it's been a full week of headlines and i have not been on the air this week so jared it's time for i swear to god it's time for (laughs) headlines of the week all right here we go so the engineer of the amtrak train that crashed in philadelphia apparently
1: eric has no recollection of the incident or anything unusual and again, no explanation
0: for what caused the crash. Yeah. Now, it's understandable that if you were in a crash like that, that you would forget the moments surrounding it. That happens to people an awful lot. Yeah. And so I, I understand that. But the train was going 106 miles an hour when it was supposed to be doing 50 or 55 or something around that turn. And I'm i I'm, I'm going to speculate here a little bit. I think there's something weird about this guy. I, I'm, I, I think because... People talk about these systems that the train should have had, and, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, in, very early on in the coverage, um, the coverage there's a couple stories about how this guy had made a point on Facebook about how this system f- that slows down a train if an engineer is incapacitated or something like that should be on all trains. And uh, in one of his Facebook or Twitter uh, posts, he, he was like, how are you going to feel when a bunch of people are injured or killed when it didn't have to happen now this is something that so it's kind of strange to me that a person who showed so much focus on that as an issue suddenly finds themselves in that situation and i'm just sort of not not completely like the Lufthansa pilot right but In his Facebook postings, it seems to me like he was saying, this is going to happen someday and you're going to feel really bad about it, and then it just happens to be his train that it happens on. Uh, Another thing, that, uh, something to throw away here is this idea that it's a reflection on the amount of money we're spending on infrastructure. Now that's a whole different debate that we can have as to how much money we should be putting into infrastructure. But the fact of the matter is, look into history. I think in the 40s, a train on that track, on that corner, derailed. Probably for the same reason. So if it's just speed, if it's just that the train was going too fast for that corner, that's not a matter of infrastructure. It might be a matter of priorities, which might have been this guy's point, like you spent a lot of money mm-hmm. in other parts of the country where people don't use Amtrak and it loses money, and you would have been better served to spend that money on having uh, what is it called? There's a name for this kind of system uh, that, that he wanted. But basically, what the system does is it jumps in, it's like a, it, it steps in if the engineer. Is not doing the job properly, or the train itself would know. You know, I'm going too fast for this t- this turn, and it would it would basically slow itself down and keep itself within the speed limits at all times. My understanding is that's not as easy as it sounds, especially in the Northeast Corridor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's a system that is dependent upon a lot of radio frequencies constantly being in contact, and. In the northeast corridor, it's a lot more difficult to get a hold of these different frequencies than it might be in the middle of the country. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a important task, it's a tough task, and obviously we know that whatever that system is should have been on this train, which is one probably the busiest line that Amtrak has. So why it wouldn't be one of the first to get that, I don't know. But I'm telling you, there's something a little strange here with this conductor. I I, I believe that he doesn't remember I know a lot of people have been through events like that, and it's common not to remember. You wake up in the hospital and you remember like the uh-huh. day before it even happened a car crash. I understand that, but. Until they find something else, it seems to me like this guy might have had some sort of delusion of grandeur, some sort of thing to, you know, I'll I'll show them that they need this. It seems kind of weird, but it could have happened.
1: Is he saying that he doesn't remember By the that way,
0: Autumn Fisher did. is our train expert. She yes, is uh, an I'm expert on every, all things trains. Yes, the reason yes. why it
1: derailed was because it was, you know, just, there fast. was a rock on the the yeah. rail and just skip, you know.
0: You'd think that we'd do something about that. <laughs>
1: but yeah, so is he saying that he doesn't remember the whole day?
0: He doesn't remember. He remembers leaving the stop before, and anything after that stop, uh, he doesn't remember. So he remembers putting, getting yeah. people getting on the train that stopped before, and then he's blacked out completely, which is believable in a in a in a crash like that.
1: Isn't it? I mean, shouldn't it be like Marta and how it? it there are certain places on Marta on the train where it doesn't go above a certain mile per hour. Like there's a but, there's a cap. On yeah, well, cap that,
0: that, those yeah. caps are there. That's what this guy was saying in his Facebook post. We have the the technology that should be on trains like this, mm-hmm. and one day you're going to feel bad about it. I just think it's weird that he would post something like that. Not also, that I would ever do that or anything. There's, another, there's, there's a, another thing going on where apparently people are reporting that something hit the train right mm, before that happened. Right. They've looked into that. It's something, it's about a grapefruit-size kind of ding that's going on there. It, there may be something else that's going on because other trains are reporting they're being hit by something but I don't think there's any chance in the world that whatever hit that train made it accelerate yeah. to 106 miles per hour and and going over that that's it sounds like human error the only question is did he do it in some sort of fit of psycho whatever like
1: I'll, I, like a yeah. martyrdom or yeah,
0: something yeah like and but, but you know he very well could have died yeah but you know the plane the guy lufthansa He did it. He was suicidal, so I don't know. Headline two. All right, so the Boston Marathon bomber may spend years in maximum security prison during his appeal process. Yeah, I hope this goes relatively quickly. We have an awful lot of people that are on death row Mm -hmm. throughout the country. Now, I don't know how many we have on federal death row. This is different. Boston and the state of Massachusetts does not have the death penalty. The reason he is going to get the death penalty is because this was a federal case tried on a federal level, and the death penalty does exist. It seems to me that the Oklahoma City bomber, he, he was... He was a federal case as well. Yes, and he he was Timothy McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh was put to death in a reasonable amount of time. It seems to be within four or five years. Yeah, it was I pretty quick. It seems to me. So this stuff can be expedited. Anytime someone gets a death penalty, I believe they have a right to an automatic appeal. It's a big deal that you should go through all the motions. We know this guy did it. We know he deserves it. We know you know eventually, we are going to put him to death. the 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 argument that I've heard this week that kind of annoys me, and I got it from my wife. It was like. I think it would have been better. Well, I mean, not just my wife, but right. it was—it it invaded my household. Right. I, I heard it everywhere. But the idea that—well, I think its its a—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's better that he has to live his whole life mm-hmm. in prison, and that's a worse punishment than death. What kind of psychological leaps do you have to make to come to that conclusion? <laughs> there's nothing that people fear more than death. Also, there's a matter of retribution here. You could never make a person pay. For killing an eight. Remember that this guy set that bomb down next to an eight year old kid. There's nothing that you can do that even matches that. The closest you can come is say, well, you took his life, so we're gonna take your life. That's as close as you can come, and that's not even close. Look, it may seem horrible to you and me to live in a maximum security prison. It wouldn't be our first choice. But at his age, at some point, he will acclimate. He'll get used to it. Guess what? He can read books. He can educate himself. You no, know can't read books and educate themselves. The eight-year-old kid and the other two who died. Uh, th- no matter how long the people who've lost limbs live, there's nothing they can do to make those limbs grow back. So I think when you do what he did, you deserve this punishment. And I'm not buying the psycho babble of, "Oh, I think it's a worse punishment to sit forever in prison." Yeah, because you're sane, and <laughs> so you're not going to sit forever in prison. When a man does what he did, there's only one thing that can come close to being justice, and that is the death penalty. Now, being a libertarian at heart, I understand one good argument against the death penalty, which is, I just don't trust the government to have that kind of power. That's a generalized argument, and I think it's a legitimate argument. It's one that can be had. But given the death penalty was a possibility here, if this guy doesn't deserve the death penalty, Mm -hmm. let everyone off death row, because no one deserves a death penalty. We have time for one more headline before we break? We sure do. So this is the best headline right here, Eric. So the Atlanta Hawks yes. have made it to their first Eastern Conference Finals. Woo, I'm I so excited. Was, you know, Autumn will have to take this one off because she doesn't care about sports I at all. I sports. <laughs> <laughs> and English Nick is English, so basketball doesn't mean a whole hell of a I lot to them. I still get excited when stuff's on the line, though. And <laughs> and, and, and when, when it's your city, right? Yeah. I mean, th- yeah. that's the important yeah. thing. I, I was watching the game. And I was very good because the thing about the Atlanta Hawks is they'll drive you crazy even when they win. <laughs> and I knew going into this game that they were going to be up by a bunch. I think a couple times they were up by like 12, 14. They're going to go up by a bunch. They're going to give it back. And I was really good. I was really taciturn when I watched it. You know, I didn't get excited and yell. I was I was alone watching it, watching it alone. And I was very good emotionally because they did go up when they gave it back. And uh, with the Hawks, I just want them to be there in the last three or four minutes and let's hope something's put together. The only time that broke was when Paul Pierce, with no time left in regular, hits a three-pointer... And it's a tie game, and I didn't think for a second we would win it in overtime. I just didn't, and I just, and that's when the expletives flew, and I started swearing, (laughs) and I jumped up off the couch and just started kind of, and then it took thirty seconds or so before even the announcer started talking about the fact that the shot may have been too late. So it it was. I'm jumping around. The place erupted. What? Well, you would too. Put yourself in the Wizards. (laughs) Shoes (laughs) Shoes <laughs> to have a buzzer beater like that, and you're all over the. You, I mean, you talk about the emotional roller coaster that'll give you a heart attack to go from the top to the bottom that quickly. Like he just tied the score; we're going into overtime. To no, the ball was still touching his finger with point <sighs> one seconds left. <laughs> Therefore, it's not good. I want uh, uh, Sometimes I don't know. Oh, we have to take a break. Uh, First, we, sp- we can. Yeah. I have a little more to say about the Atlanta Hawks uh, when we return, and we'll try to get to a couple more headlines when we return. Channel 2's Brad Nitz says expect a high of 85 degrees. Overall, we have an 8 on the Mellish meter today. It's 80 degrees right now. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. Just a few more words on the Atlanta Hawks. Congratulations. Moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron is on fire right now. That's going to be a tough one. But this is, I am rooting for these Atlanta Hawks. I love this team. I love the players. I love the coach. I have said before, I wonder sometimes if the coaching and the system is so good, I wonder if they're punching a little bit above their weight right now. In getting to this third round, to me, everything else is gravy. If they hadn't made it to the third round, I think that you could look at January, where they won every game in that month, and say, well, it was kind of a fluke. It was a streak. They got hot. What they did by getting the team further than the team has ever been before, which is kind of weird. in 1970 they went but they weren't called it wasn't the conference finals. Yeah, they were in the that, western division r- they were in the point. Western division. but basically, I don't think it's very difficult to say that since that team has been to Atlanta, these we are now going into an area that they have not gone into before, closer to a championship than they ever have before. And for me, everything is gravy now. I want them to go all the way. I am rooting for them to go all the way. But by getting the team further than they've ever gone before, it makes January legitimate. It says, without a doubt, no matter what happens from this, this time forward, this is one of the best teams that have ever called themselves the Atlanta Hawks. And that gives legitimacy to the whole year. So now, it's to quote Terrell Owens popcorn time to sit back and just have fun and watch your team and see what they're going to go up against the greatest player of this era, LeBron James. And let me tell you, if you watched him in the last couple of games, he's got that fire in his eye and it's going to be fun. And I believe in these guys and I want them to go all the way, but I guess my point is even if they don't, because I believe that Coach Bud is going to deliver NBA championships to this. Imagine now free agents. Are gonna i gonna want g- to play here. This, this is what he's done before he's had that, so I think the future is bright. And I want them to go all the way, but for me, the only way I can put it is I don't want to be too satisfied because it's not the championship, but it's gravy at this point because they have proven that they are one of the best squads to ever call themselves the Atlanta Hawks. Let's try to squeeze in one more headline.
1: Here we go. So 2016 presidential hopefuls
0: Mike Huckabee and Ben Carson lead in a new WSB-TV landmark poll. Okay. So that's so huge. So they're leading, leading Georgia. That's so right. the Georgian primary. So, <clears throat> okay. I don't know. This could be good. This could. Doesn't it seem to you that it just basically means they're the two most religious? Uh, right? I would say. well Huckabee's a preacher, and Dr. Ben Carson is very high. He pushes that side of his. Look, <clears throat> this is a part of evaluating a candidate. Here's my warning about this. Georgia, Look, Georgia is out of play when, once we get to the big presidential. Georgia's a red state. I don't care who the Republican nominee is going to be. The, Georgia is going to go red when it comes to the, November, the actual election itself. So this is the only time that you can really stand out as a state and be part of the process. That's the Republican primary. Be careful not to do to yourself what Iowa did to itself. Iowa has now become a place where the leading contenders... Don't even really try all that much because Iowa's become a trap state. It's become, we're going to get behind the purest candidate that we can, not the candidate that we think can win the general election. So that's my only, you know, religion is important, values are important, philosophy is important. But I don't think that it should be the number one reason why you're going to vote for somebody for president. I think you can easily say to yourself, I'm not going to vote for somebody that I disagree with on those issues. But it seems, when I see Ben Carson and Huckabee at the top, it says to me that that's now like more than 50% of the evaluation process is how religious is this. And that's fine, but you've got to remember, if you want to be important as a state in a primary. You need to start having people win or come in second who, over time, win the presidency. Iowa has now become a place where someone like Jeb Bush knows I have to finish in the top three. But that's down to Iowa. Well, if you finish in the top three, you don't want to be four. And the reason is because they keep gravitating toward the most grassroots, most uh, uh, pure uh, as far as the grassroots are concerned, but they're not producing future presidents. So over time, it devalues what happens in that state. And that's my only warning to the state of Georgia. The only shot you have in presidential... No, look, the, this is, this state's going to go red November 2016, the first Tuesday in, in November 2016, so the Republicans are not going to spend money, whoever it is, coming here, because they know they have it in the, in the bag. And the Democrats aren't going to spend money coming here because they know they can't win it. This primary, Republican primaries, where you have a chance... To say, you know what, this guy would be a good president all the way around. If you're religious, you're never going to vote for somebody that doesn't share those values. I get that. I just get a little leery that it's the most important thing. Because once you go to the nationwide contest, which a presidential contest is, it's not going to carry so much weight over all of the states. If you want to be important as a primary state, start picking future winners then you'll get a lot more attention in future primaries. So with that being said, who, who's, who's your favorite at this point right now? I don't have a favorite. I want to see the – I'm, I'm in favor of the debates. I'm in favor of I, – I, look, I like Carly Fiorona, Fiorona. Is that her name? I don't know how good she is. She's interesting to me. Why do I have to choose now? That's what a primary's for. Let's have some debates. Let's hear people out. All right, we have a little segment called WTF. When we return. Welcome back. It's Sunday. You know what that means. If you want to really be informed, you got to go pick up your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This week, a story that uncovers new details in a controversial shooting of an unarmed black teenager by a white police officer in a small Georgia town. Go get your Sunday AJC. It is now time for us to turn to our friend, Autumn Fisher, and she is going to present stories in something we like to call... WTF? Ba, 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 ba. Is that our music for it? Ba, 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 ba. WTF?
1: That's what, what we're gonna do. What the
0: fun and games, Autumn? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, sure. So um, there was a billboard that was <laughs> on display in Buckhead that was hacked, and someone put up a pornographic image. So this is one
0: of those electronic uh, billboards. Yes. Which are more noticeable in Buckhead because they're close to the ground. You, you Do they see have them. some sort
1: of ordinance or something? They can't be. Uh, yeah, really they're high really. Up in it's here.
0: like the one that's on the side of the Buckhead Theater, mm-hmm. and and, the, yeah. and and those. But they're very close to the ground, so you really kind of almost miniature Times Square style. You really <laughs> see them right in your face. I have not actually seen this photo. Jared tells me you can find it on the internet. I want to see it. I want to show. If you have it, show it to I'm me. I'm working on it right now. Um, I'll find it. You know the scary He's part. He's
1: gonna go take a picture of himself. The scary
0: part about this is if you can hack. I think this is a pretty easy hack. It sounds like all you had to have is the password or something. Somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody got the password. And really, once you had the password, you could pretty much put anything on there that you wanted to. And so it's kind of. You know, I don't even know if it's scandalous. It's hijinks, right? Uh, yeah, and, I guess and so. And no one was necessarily harmed. No. <laughs> but the the important thing there is that so much of what we rely on in life now mm-hmm. is electronic, is digital, is internet-based, is uh, computer-based. And that gives an awful lot of control and power to the people who have the passwords, who have the keys, or the people who have the knowledge of how to hack into things. So I don't know how much hacking went on here. Uh, it's hacking even if you stole a password. Password right in general terms, I don't know if it's it's not really. An, it's- it's not high level hacking if I could do it if I had the password, so it's kind of low level, I think, but uh, we had a story I think later on, one of the stories that Greg Russ might bring us from Studio B1 is it kind of goes in this way this area where there's there's hackers who are this is no longer urban mythology. There's a guy, and he's trying, I think, to do the right thing and warn us this is possible, but he's getting on planes, he's hacking into the entertainment system, and through there is beginning to gain control over the flight of the, of the plane. So this little billboard thing is ha-ha-ha. Right. But as we get more and more of our life is on these sort of networks... The people who can hack into those networks, this guy on the plane apparently told one engine to go a little more power than the other one, and the plane went sideways for a while. Wow. That's a reality. And he was sitting in coach.
1: Why don't they just take off Wi-Fi? We don't need Wi-Fi in plane. <laughs> you the know, that's plane. a good
0: question about airplanes in general. I think it's silly that, you know, like, why do I have to have a meal? If I'm not going overseas, the longest flight is four hours. Do I have to eat? Do we eat every four hours of our lives? <laughs> this this kind of weird thing. No, I've got to watch an, a great film and eat a meal. Well,
1: you know why they do that. Is well, because be, you have to, you. to distract you from yeah. what's actually happening. Yeah, you're in a
0: small tube <laughs> flying at 500 miles yeah. per hour at 35,000 feet. There's
1: no so chance to, you're going to die. No, so no, no. Just calm, eat like you normally would. It's calm fine, everyone relax.
0: down. They basically try to make it as much like your living room if you had two other people in your living room with you, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't need all that stuff. But I don't even know if it's just the Wi-Fi that's on the plane. The plane is, is communicating with ground control all the time. Radio or Not something. just radio. No. I mean, it's always been radio, but now a lot of that goes on through GPS and pinging and all of this sort of stuff. And if people can get in there, mm-hmm. and if a terrorist were able to get their hands on something like that, um, it would be uh, pretty awful. So the billboard, haha funding fun and games. You still haven't found it, Jared? You know, it's funny, because I found it the other day, but God. now it's been but they must have taken it down. Now. It's been, it's been uh, scrubbed. You sure like I can find uh, everything on the internet. It's like that girl from the Hunger Games. Well, you can only find that for like 24 oh, to Jennifer Lawrence. scrubbed. Jennifer so Lawrence. I think the Jennifer oh, Lawrence people are that behind
1: <laughs> Yeah, Jared's going to spend the next five minutes on that. Now that's what
0: I would have put on the billboard if uh, I had had it. Right? Next WTF.
1: Yeah, so uh, apparently this man uh, has had a uh, suction cup uh, of, a, of a dart stuck in his nose since he was like four years old.
0: Where's he from? Do you know?
1: uh he i just when well, you say
0: this man i just i, I want to know more about this man
1: is he british i think he what's might he be like british.
0: yeah i think the story comes out of so yeah. anyways what did he do he, <laughs> so
1: i don't know as a child he stuffed this little the, the suction cup of a little rubber dart up yes. his nose and recently as a 44 year old man has sneezed it out
0: and uh, now according to this story he didn't even know it was there it doesn't really feel any different now that it's gone, and for forty-four years.
1: No, he knew it was there.
0: Well, he knew it was there, but he didn't feel it.
1: Right, and like, and doctors said that there were no adverse health, you know, right. uh, problems for him or anything. It was just that must oh, been a heck of fair. a
0: sneeze. Forty-four years later, it's
1: as big as a penny.
0: Yeah, I, can't oh, imagine I put that a you penny. Could, you I,
1: couldn't feel that when you press on your like that's got to be there's huge. There's two things that
0: I stuck up my nose as a kid. Mm-hmm. All of them before I was five years old.
1: Rubber hose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was in my welcome back condays. Oh, Okay. Uh, one of them was, I believe, a, 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 a dime, a dime, mm-hmm. and that came back out, and that freaked me out. But the one that stuck, and I guess it's just it's just food, so it went away after a while, was a raisin that I stuck in my nose, and I was five years old. And I never saw that raisin again. But, you know, that just became part of my, you know, just sort of melted away, I'm, I'm sure. It, but I remember thinking it. that I was going to die. When I was five years old, uh-huh. and I had that in there, I was like, I don't want to tell. When you're five, you don't know what you get in trouble for and what right. you don't know. Yeah. Like, you, you you just think to yourself, I did something that wasn't right, and so I didn't want to tell my parents because I thought that I would get in trouble for sticking a raisin up my nose. And But then I had to sit there with the, oh, my God, I think, I don't know, when you're five, you don't think about death that way, but this is going to be bad. And this is going to hurt me well, and all lot. Especially when
1: you lose it, right? Like you're yeah. sticking up your nose, yeah. you still got a grip on it, and then, uh oh, it's gone. Which
0: well, it just goes to show you this whole idea of children being wise is ridiculous. Any, <laughs> any group of people who are known for shoving things up their nose. Uh oh, you saw the picture? I found it. You saw the picture I on the building? I think
1: that's it. fake. That's you, fake. You don't, you don't want to see it. You don't want
0: to see it. You don't want to see that. I
1: didn't already show
0: you anything. Oh, no. Okay. I don't even want to see No, know. you don't want to see it. Is it that one that goes around all the time? I'll give you like, a clue. What, it's it's a farm animal. Okay, uh, yeah. that's <laughs> enough. We have a family show here that we do live from Sherwood Forest. I think we have time. So that's what my my thing is. What we can learn from that story is children are not that bright. Stop with this idea that children have wisdom. People who stick things up their nose that don't belong there are not bright. So <laughs> let's let's just accept that. And uh, maybe I'll sneeze and a dime and a raisin will fall out.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that in a be few amazing? Years. And, like, uh, I'm gonna use this dime. I'm gonna get a piece of gum. Yeah, from little finally, machine. I'll
0: be free. That dime was worth so much more when I shoved it up my nose oh my in 1969. Gosh. It You're bought right. so much more. It was like putting a bar of gold up there. <laughs> another WTF story
1: yeah so uh, a man gave his stepfather an atomic wedgie and killed him the man died because of a wedgie yes he killed him with an atomic wedgie. He apparently suffocated. So an atomic wedgie is different than just a regular wedgie.
0: Explain the atomic wedgie to the common layman.
1: Yes. Uh, atomic. Okay, so regular wedgie is just pulling the underwear up very high. And hurting, and that, hurting that little area there. there. Uh, and the atomic wedgie is when you pull the underwear so high and you put it over their head. Right. Which I can't imagine can happen without the underwear ripping first. But apparently...
0: There must be a lot of underwear. Maybe he was, a or he really very big short. Dude. He must have been a wide dude that mm. was very short, <laughs> so you'd be able to get a lot of underwear up and over. Perfect. And uh, I'm sorry to laugh because a man is no, dead, it's but funny. it's an ato- it is funny cause it's funny because he died of an atomic wedgie, and I'm he not going to sit here and act like that is not a funny <laughs> thing because it is. Look, people die in strange ways. Um, though, you know those uh, people die. I, it's people stick a fork in a toaster and die. Right. It's horrible. It's tragic if you know those people. But if you don't know those people, it's funny. And you're lying to yourself if you say that it's not funny. You know, if somebody still somehow dies in a bathtub because they've got electronics falling into the water with them. (laughs) If you know that person, it's tragic. If you don't know it, it's kind of funny. So this atomic wedgie, now there had to be more he had to be trying to kill him, right? Because in order to strength, you know, it takes keep, a
1: lot to take, yeah, yeah, to suffocate someone. I don't with know their if the guy underwear. was
0: an asthmatic or something, or
1: and if we're talking and we don't about know how
0: clean that underwear was, so Ooh, that could, you know, you that got, could really,
1: you know, but E. coli. E. That's your own self, really though. So, that's yeah, your you own can, self. Now you can still get sick from your own fecal matter. Well, it didn't
0: happen. He died on the spot. It didn't right. happen over forty-eight hours. <laughs> well, you were 72 saying hours. that who knows how
1: dirty his underwear?
0: Was. I think the guy tried to kill him. You know, I think. that's the The story is the atomic wedgie. Yeah, but I think that he strangled him to death with his own underwear, basically. Apparently,
1: uh, I mean, he's, he's claiming it was an accident, um, but first of all, it is a little bit f- Strange that you could suffocate someone on accident. It takes a lot to suffocate Mm -hmm. someone. And he also texted a friend that night that he was fixing to mess this guy up. Yeah. You know, because he had nothing to lose or something.
0: So. What a life.
1: What a life. What a life. I've got
0: nothing to lose. I'm just going to rip that underwear until I kill him because he deserves it.
1: And it really seems like technology is killing us. Okay. So this guy's getting busted because he's texting a friend about how he might kill his stepdad that night with an atomic wedgie. Uh, uh, The guy on the air plane right he's Mm -hmm. trying to tell us like that we're going to be killing Mm -hmm. it and then what was the first story about the uh the 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 train the train thing yeah
0: yeah it's all
1: everyone just break your phones now let's just it's all interconnected the the
0: thing about uh people being found out because of things that they posted on the internet Mm -hmm. is you know it's like that is it called hip-hop world star World world star yeah World, yeah and like People are like basically involved in crimes and they tape themselves because they think, you know, sort of Johnny Knoxville jackass style. Watch us beat up this homeless guy. Yeah. And then they put it up there and they just don't have any idea that that's going to be traced back to them. Right. You know, they don't even fuzz their faces out or, <laughs> or anything along those lines. They're just like really <laughs> proud of what they did. So. The internet is good because it's going to help us catch a lot more stupid people because stupid people <laughs> drop more breadcrumbs, right? And this right. is a place to drop more breadcrumbs. So uh, that's the
1: new Darwinism.
0: Exactly. How, how if you're dumb how, enough to post something, yeah. illegal. I'm really going to hurt somebody tonight. <laughs> and then somebody you're with dies, that's going to be used against you and yeah. you probably should have known that. So <laughs> so uh, I believe we have a couple more of yeah. WTFs yes, that we, we will get to when we return. Welcome back. According to Channel 2's Brad Nitz, we're gonna get a high of 85 degrees today. And an 8 on the Mellish meter. They don't change that to the Nitz meter while when Brad Nitz is in, which I think is... Or the Brad barometer? It should, maybe, oh. maybe. But Mellish, that's his meter, man. That's his meter until it's not his meter. So no matter who's doing the, uh, the forecast, it's still the Mellish meter. And you can count on an 8 on the Mellish meter, which is pretty darn good, given the weather we've had over the last few days. It's Sunday's another beautiful day. Well, what more can you ask for? This weather brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. Uh, Autumn Fisher, I believe that we have yet another story from the WTF files.
1: Ba-ba-ba-bow! That's what the, the WTF f- Funny business. <laughs> so uh, Snoop Dogg said in an interview that he- Snoop
0: Dogg is what? He is a rapper of some sort. Is he that is not a,
1: an African-American fruit? rapper. I
0: believe that he... Is he new on the scene? Is he... The kids like...
1: <laughs> He's old school, y'all. He's
0: old school. Okay. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Snoop Dogg is quite funny, and I find his antics to be interesting and, and entertaining, although I don't really listen to his music. This song, Gin and Juice, is the only Snoop Dogg song that I know. So... So what happened? So what's the story?
1: Down the- okay. Uh, well. I don't. First of all, what happened to Snoop Lion? Wasn't he Snoop Lion for a while? He
0: went to Jamaica, I believe, and he yeah. came back and he said, "I'm going to be Snoop Lion." So it may be. Hey, look, we've all been covered by the likes of Rodney Ho. They could be just getting it wrong. They could sure. just be saying Snoop Dogg <laughs> and actually Snoop Lion. Well, anyway, so,
1: so he came out. He said in an interview that he watches Game of Thrones to learn more about history.
0: That's interesting. That part of history where giants and dragons. Yeah. What, what part of history is it that he could learn from? Well, uh, he he
1: said that he think I watched. I watch it for historic reasons to try and understand what this world has, um, or was based on before I got here, Ooh. which is kind of nice. Like it, it kind of makes sense. He said, "I like to know how we got from from there to here and the similarities between then and now." Like,
0: where does he think there was? I, he could study World War Arendelle II. Arendelle or whatever. <laughs> you know what? I lo- Game of Thrones never mentions what time period it is. Sure. Right. Which I love. Yeah, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, maybe it really
1: did exist that time. Were we there?
0: But I think nope. that if, if you do watch uh, Game of Thrones, uh, you don't know if it's somewhere in the future or somewhere yeah. in the past mm-hmm. or whatever, right? It could be you don't know where where, mm-hmm. where or when it Another happens. universe. It could it's be a, anywhere. It's somewhere where dragons exist, and mm-hmm. we don't really have any... Uh, evidence that that ever really happened on this planet at any time yes. in history, in human history or any other kind of history. So I think <laughs> what it says, is, what's he doing the music for them or something? And yeah. that's why they're asking him about Game of Thrones. He
1: loves it. He loves Game of Thrones. And he even said that um, he would have done it for free, but they yeah. just decided to give him money, yeah, which course. I think is the real crime in the story. Absolutely. That he's totally lying about that.
0: Of course he wouldn't do it for free. Yeah. He's Snoop Lion or D-O-double G. Snoop, that's for sure. So, capital, S- and yes, I don't watch w- Game of Thrones because it's too brutal. Right, well that's the thing. I I don't like I don't get what's going on in America now where all of these shows they have to have this component of real sort of brutality and violence and bloodletting and I've got to say, I'm totally out of step with America right now. I don't find that entertaining. I walked in to, I, after I left, I did a podcast and I got home at like 11 o'clock a couple of weeks ago. And I walked in and there was a, a movie that was about 15 minutes into progress. It had uh, Seymour, Philip, I get the guy. Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Philip C., yeah, yeah. The, the guy who died of the heroin thing. It must have been one of the last things he did. And it was it was on for 15 minutes and I got sucked into it. It was a, a cool story about a down and out guy in the 70s. It really looked like the 70s. It was great grimy, and I was really getting into it, and it's about 35, 40 minutes in, there's a fight scene, and a guy sticks his finger in another guy's eye, and Ah. you have to watch this, this is entertainment. I don't consider it entertainment hmm. to watch people pop other people's eyeballs out. And I don't know what's wrong. with cause, And people and I'm sure that Game of Thrones is well-written and well-shot and well-acted. Well but here's the thing. The violence is gratuitous. And the reason I know this is because fans of, Games of Thro- Game of Thrones would be mad if the next episode had zero blood in it. So if that's true, and you know that's true, people would be let down if the next three episodes of Game of Thrones had no blood in it. You have to look in the mirror and ask yourself, what am I becoming? What is happening to entertainment where you have to have a scene that is grotesque in basically everything that you do? Now, tell me why I'm wrong. Autumn Fisher, because you watch all these shows.
1: I do. And I, I don't think that anybody enjoys like, yes, that's so bloody and gore. I mean, some people do, but that's mm. not why you watch it. You watch it because the story. maybe there's some sort of balance where the story is so good that the violence in your mind is sort of justified. You're still or- saying
0: it's gratuitous, though. The story could be told without showing all of that stuff graphically. You'd still understand where you are, where the story's going. Right, but
1: maybe it makes some sort of impact that, that, has, that helps with the, I don't know, the, the narrative. I feel
0: like you know? makeup artists are ruining entertainment because they're getting so good at what they do that people decide to put it in the story because they can do it rather than do it because it's in the story. Right. Well, there's a lot of outrages in this world, and when we return, English Nick and Outrage Corner.